0: shotglassdigital.com From Tops comes the all new digital card collecting app Star Wars Card Trader. Collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens all from the comfort of your mobile device Star Wars Card Trader these are the cards you're looking for Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code RFR to save $5 off your first purchase. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com
1: rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on endor
2: this is where the fun begins a long time ago in a galaxy far far away this is rebel, rebel force radio. radio your source for the force star wars news and commentary with jason swank and jimmy Matt. i've seen star wars 500 times so Wars number one this station is now the ultimate power in the universe I suggest we use
0: it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us.
3: What, you just try to take a week off, and uh, you can't. You can't. They're releasing trailers. Uh, After J.J. said no more trailers, we've got more trailers. Uh, We've got this Slave Leia controversy blowing up. We got a big party we're planning for the Force Awakens in Chicago. We cannot take time off, <laughs> but we're we're actually we're finally back together, uh, Jimmy Mack and I here, um, on Rebel Force Radio for November thirteenth, two thousand fifteen. Five weeks away until the opening of the Force Awakens, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, is it? I'm been so focused on the opening of this movie, but I did take a little time away from uh, my Star Wars fandom and celebrated the opening of the, the James Bond movie, Spectre. Oh.
2: Yes, I saw it too. And I also
3: saw the trailer oh, before. Yeah, so you, you saw it too, right? I did. But you know what, though? Before we get into that, I should I should stop because people may not know who who's speaking. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They might not know who we are because there's new people. No, truly, there's new people listening to the show every week because of the fervor and the excitement surrounding Star Wars. It's just uh, it's a, it's such a fever pitch. People are typing, and then podcasting just keeps growing by leaps and bounds. So we have to assume, based on what we're seeing, that there are new listeners each and every week. So introductions in order. You are in the right place if you want to hear Star Wars talk, Star Wars news, Star Wars commentary, interviews, all that great stuff right here. Rebel Force Radio. My name is Jason, and with me, my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mac.
2: Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans and new listeners. Yeah, five weeks until The Force Awakens, and I did finally see the trailer on the silver screen, the, the new trailer, that Monday Night Football trailer. Uh, I saw it before I saw Spectre this past weekend, opening weekend for Spectre, and I noticed a lot of other Star Wars things happening in the lobby. There was the Force Awakens poster that was probably displayed, so I got to press my face up against that, and There's probably some nose smudges on the uh, glass, but that's okay. I was getting closer to the wars. I noticed at my AMC theater, they had um, Star Wars soda cups featuring the stormtrooper from The Force Awakens. And they had popcorn bags featuring that scene from The Force Awakens where all the stormtroopers are lined up on the snow planet. So I said, wow, this is great. I get collectibles to take home from this movie. So, yes, <laughs> I finished the soda and kept the cup. I ate all the popcorn and kept the bag, carefully folded it up and everything. And I even kind of tried to get the butter out of it because I'm like, I'm going to take this home and put it in the Star Wars collection. So I did that. I I got home and I, I put it in my Star Wars room on a table. And about an hour later, I walked into the room and the bag was gone. So what the heck happened to the bag? And uh, I, I looked in the corner of the room and I saw a chewed up bag. My oh, dog! No, my, my dog ate my collectible. Is nothing? <laughs> he ate the bag. He the, the butter was too overwhelming from that theater butter, that movie theater butter. You can't resist it, even if you're on all fours and you're a canine. And so my dog ate the bag. That's the first time my dog has eaten a Star Wars collectible since. My dog as a kid when I was in the 80s would always eat my Han Solo Hoth action figure and the Yoda action figure. My you dog know, would always eat those two specifically.
3: Yeah, I had a I had a cocker spaniel as a kid that used to love to nibble on Obi-Wan's foot. Like the you know the, 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 the he had the the boot coming out of the yes. Of so just, big, just the foot, legs. yeah. Just the little foot, yeah. So I have an Obi Wan figure with with missing one foot, thanks to my <laughs> cocker spaniel. Uh, what was her name? Candy. Candy. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, um, it, it must those action figures must have tasted like candy to a dog. I think the the plastic they used Kenner back in the seventies and eighties was the same stuff that they used to create dog chew toys or something. Might have been. would that be
3: something interesting, too?
2: There was some crazy re- thing. Yeah. But, Jason, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned the fact that we're throwing a big party. Yeah. It's official. It's solely official. You can catch Rebel Force Radio live from Hollywood Boulevard Cinemas in the Chicago suburb of Woodridge, Illinois, for the Force Awakens celebration Thursday, December 17th. We will be doing a live show from the incredible lobby at Hollywood Boulevard. The, the whole theater is made up to look like... Chinese theater in Hollywood and it has a lot of great and authentic props and costumes on display from movies, great artwork, unbelievable film posters all over the place. It's an incredible place to see a film. We'll be doing a live show from the lobby from 6 to 8 p.m. We're going to feature conversations with Star Wars fans, music, entertainment, and we'll be counting down the minutes until The Force Awakens. What you want to do right now, there's still some tickets available for the 10 p.m. screening. That's the screening we're going to see, Jason, you and me.
3: Right, right. The 7 o'clock is sold out.
2: 7 o'clock is totally sold out, and we're still doing the show at that time. Right. So we'll be talking to the people going into the 7 o'clock show and then people lining up then for the the 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock show. Our live show will be done by 8 p.m., so we won't get the people coming out of the first screening giving us spoilers. That's something I, I very strategically wanted to schedule. <laughs> yeah, I did not want to be in that lobby when the seven No, 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 no. You don't want to be there. No, no. Um, and we will be streaming live if everything
3: yeah. goes. Actually, to- that's some really good advice, though, Jim. If you're, if you're planning to be lined up wherever you are for that 10 o'clock show, and really I think this goes for the whole first weekend, Bring your bring your iPhone or your you know your your your, your uh, portable listening device or audio device and put the headphones on. Keep your head down as you're in that line because there's always some jack off who's walking out of the theater as you're going into the theater that wants to you know, Hyundai's. Oh God!
2: You oh know. my God! Just hearing you say that gave me a heart attack. So well, I, well, I know. I'm just trying to, to think
3: of something outrageous, but you know, there's always that that guy. There's you always know? That there's guy. always we that want guy.
2: to. Avoid that guy. But if you ask me, I think everyone attending Hollywood Boulevard Cinemas on opening night will be well behaved and respectful of the wars and the fans. What you want to do is visit Hollywood Boulevard Cinemas dot com and click on the coming soon button to buy tickets to watch The Force Awakens with us at 10 p.m in a Star Wars-themed theater. They're going to deck out the theater to be all Star Warsy. there at Hollywood Boulevard Cinemas. We'll have, uh, I'm sure, a lot of photos from the event. Jason is going to pay up when it says episode seven on the crawler, so <laughs> seven fat dollars there. We'll try to capture that on video. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it just we're, we'll bring you with us if you can't be there with us. We'll bring you uh, as much coverage and content so you'll feel like uh, we're all together for this incredible yeah. opening night. That's HollywoodBoulevardCinemas.com. So so I'm so excited. Yeah. HollywoodBoulevardCinemas.com. That's Boulevard, B-L-V-D. Cinemas.com. And uh, like I said, there are a few tickets left for that 10 p.m. show, but they're going fast. So speaking of big events happening in Chicago. Were we? Yes, well, I am. Uh, Chicago Wolves, the AHL minor league hockey team here in the city, has reached out to me. And I am going to be uh, joining them for Star Wars Day, Sunday, November 22nd. And we have a guest with us. That's right. Rebels actor Taylor Gray. Ezra Bridger himself is going to be there at the Wolves game. We're going to watch the game with Taylor. That is it's awesome. Going to be an awesome time. Yes, it's awesome. going to happen. Star Wars Day Sunday, November twenty second at the Allstate Arena. Ezra Bridger, actor Taylor Gray, will be there, and uh, all kind of cool stuff. Jason, we're going to have a. Uh, Exclusive pregame event from 2 to 3 p.m. in the Allstate Arena's Skyline Room. Everyone who purchases a special Star Wars ticket gets to meet Taylor Gray. I'm going to be hanging out there. The 501st is going to be out there. There's going to be photo opportunities galore. You're going to get a custom Wolves lightsaber, and it's a double blader. And you're going to get a chance to participate in Jedi training. Uh, The ticket packages are totally affordable, and they're available now. Go to chicagowolves.com. It's a day game that Sunday against the Iowa Wild, and we're going to be cheering on the Chicago Wolves to victory. So uh, there's going to be a costume contest. It's going to be fantastic. Chicago Wolves Star Wars Day featuring myself and Taylor Gray from Star Wars Rebels. It's all happening Sunday, November 22nd. Join us Visit ChicagoWolves.com and look for info there.
0: I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. I have lived long enough to see the same eyes in different people. I see your eyes. I know your eyes.
2: follow me star wars the force awakens
3: oh yes an exclusive trailer was dropped the tv spot as they're calling it which i have yet to see it on tv have you seen it on tv no i haven't seen it on tv it was
2: an exclusive twitter rollout on sunday morning we were not expecting it just like we weren't expecting the International film trailer to drop on Friday morning. This Sunday morning surprise was uh, really something else. A 30-second new TV spot for Star Wars The Force Awakens. And, yes, featuring fresh footage we have not yet seen from the film.
3: Yeah, and it's funny because every time a new one of these trailers gets posted, people go, this is the best one yet. This is the best <laughs> one yet. <This laughs> they're all the good. Best. Yeah, they're all, they're all great. But, yeah, they're there's some great. new stuff in uh uh, our pal, Anthony Bresnikan, over at Entertainment Weekly, he had a great write-up at EW.com, um, or EWeekly.com. Is that what it is? Or is it EW? I don't know E-dow- what it's It's ew Is it
2: EW.com? Yes. Yeah. So he also writes for the magazine. Well, the yeah, magazine. yeah, yeah. But yes.
3: this stuff shows up online first, obviously. And uh, he has a really great breakdown of what we're seeing in, in this trailer. And he peppers in some things that apparently only he knows, or if it's out there for the for the masses, we we've missed it, but uh, there is that spot, um, that shot that sort of opens it, where you got the Millennium Falcon going over the lake on a planet that we have, um, I think, uh, up to this point, assumed is uh, Yavin.
2: Well, there's been some speculation that it could be Yavin. It looks very similar to the planet where the Resistance base is located. Whether or not they're the same. It's a planet called Takadana.
3: Takadana, but we th- we're speculating for really since we saw those initial um, uh, spy photos that this was that this was Yavin and uh, it, par- it appears to be Takadana.
2: Takadana and it appears the uh, Falcon is approaching a castle on the shore on the other side of what looks to be a large lake. And uh, Paul Bateman has confirmed that castle is based on a Ralph Macquarie design. Possibly for Vader's castle. I have not yet been able to speak to Paul about the actual origins of this castle, but he does. Uh, he did post that it is Ralphie in
3: design. Yes, and the, what we hear is the narration. The narration is uh, actress Lupita Nyong'o as uh, Maz Kanata, and J.J. Uh, Abrams has 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 said to. A, Anthony Breznican are gone on record somewhere saying that this planet, this Takadana, is uh, uh, Maz Kanata's watering hole, and he, she's on the poster. This character, this is the character with the uh, the goggles, and that has some significance because there's something going on with her eyes. They hold some sort of a, a secret power, and you'll notice in the narration uh, she's talking about. I have lived long enough to see the same eyes in different people. I see your eyes. I know your eyes, and we cut to Daisy Ridley as Ray, and this brings to question the eyes. Jim, is this is this a a, a reference to family, um, you know, uh, lineage of, of of Ray, and if so, who could it be? i mean, you know, I don't feel that
2: that's what. This that's not dialogue what is referencing. No, I think it's it's something that's a little more broader, maybe a little more spiritual. It's more like your eyes are the window to your soul, you know, that sort of philosophy. And what she's saying is when she's talking about what she sees in the, the same eyes in different people, I think there's like that intensity to Do more with your life, you know, to live up to your potential, to find your place in the galaxy. And that's what I think she may be talking about more than just a physical resemblance. I think she's talking about something a little deeper, about something that resides within you, a fire that's burning or a desire. She's seeing that in the expression in in people's eyes. Well,
3: Anthony throws out a possibility, and this has been, you know, some have, have brought this up. Prior, I remember this being a very hot rumor um, many, many, many months ago about, OK, everyone's th- assuming this is either a Skywalker or this is a solo. But what about a Kenobi? Could this be? Could there be, in Daisy's case, a, um, a connection to Obi-Wan? Uh, he says there's something very old Ben about her lifestyle. Um, so there's uh, something to chew on think about
2: well okay then i'll throw out this little bit of speculation this is something that just kind of hit me like a lightning bolt i haven't really thought about it very much but we know that uh this is the planet Jakku we're talking about where we meet ray a lot of people are wondering oh wow this is this planet tatooine is there some sort of shift in events and uh the name of this planet was changed from tatooine to Jakku? Uh, the similarities are just too great i i how about this i propose this Say she's the offspring of Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi, knowing that he has to focus on uh, watching after Luke Skywalker, raises Ray to a certain age, and realizes that there might be some danger in having Ray with
3: him as he whoa, is. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. That, that doesn't. That, that can't happen. That can't be. She would not be old enough.
2: Oh, I guess not. Yeah, right, right, right. There is a
3: thirty-year difference plus. Yeah, ben, after uh, after Ben bites it. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, so, but <laughs> well, but, but could, I mean, could, maybe 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 Ray's
2: mother is right. The daughter of Ben Kenobi. Okay, she gets to a certain age. Ben realizes having a daughter around could put her in danger, considering he has this mission to follow the New Hope. And uh, so he hides Ray on a neighboring planet in the same system that has the environment similar to Tatooine because it takes in the heat from the twin suns, even if you don't see both of them on the yeah, horizon. She ain't That's no it. Kenobi.
3: Know, she ain't no Kenobi. It's No, not Kenobi. It's no. Not, it's not no she ain't I, no I'm Kenobi. Just... They'd have to. They they'd really have to twist this like a pretzel to make that happen. Um but uh, uh, then we see uh, some new footage of Kylo Ren deflecting blasts. Um, the way they edit it, they make it look like it's Ray
2: shooting at Kylo. But we don't know that. I mean, it's a trailer. Right, right, right. Everything
3: gets taken out of context in trailers. As I said many times on this program, you can do anything you want in a trailer. Um, so you can make anything look great. Um do we also see Han Solo, which is great he's on the snowy planet? And you know I like that they're really this is the first time I think we've had confirmation that we're going to see Han on the snowy planet, and so this is just such a you know such a hearkening back to Hoth and uh, Empire Strikes Back, And so I think they're really, they're really tugging at that sentiment for you know what many would I uh, think agree as the the favorite of all the Star Wars films Empire Strikes Back. so it's nice to see a little allusion to that. I agree. And I hope that this snow planet also shares a lot of the
2: exotic uh, things that Hoth brought to us as far as tauntauns and wampas and other creatures in the snow. There was always that early concept for a wampa, that the wampa actually swam through the snow like a shark, like a predator would in uh, the ocean. And uh, maybe that's something that would get brought back to life here with this new snow planet. I can't help but notice that there's a structure on uh, the other side of Han over his shoulder that could resemble a moisture evaporator, which would be weird to have on a snow planet, but uh, you know, we, we've talked recently about seeing that sort of technology on Jakku Very similar to seeing that technology on Tatooine. Now, there's no rule saying that that technology should only be on the planet Tatooine. Of course, we saw evaporators on Lothal in Star Wars Rebels. So um, that's something we might be seeing around more and more. I'm not 100% sure if this actually is a moisture evaporator uh, in this shot of Han Solo, uh, but it could be. It it resembles one a little bit.
3: It does does indeed. And then we have a shot of... uh uh bu- 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 Oh Oscar Isaac and the uh the X-wing Oscar Isaac is uh Poe Dameron. and again they look like they're on the uh the the Star Killer base as it's known to be Um and Maz Kanata says same eyes in different people Okay so again could this be family or as Jimmy is suggesting is this more about the uh the internal uh, makeup of a person so it doesn't have to do with anything with genetics but it's more about the type of person strength and resolve and all those things um and then uh, we see Ray in action some more this is really a, a this is really Ray's trailer i mean it's it's all, it seems to be um really propping her up and and rightly so she's a real um she's a real badass in this it's great um and so She's using that staff and, you know, there's parts, there's elements of that staff, Jim, that people are speculating is perhaps made out of lightsaber hilts or lightsaber hilts. Me and Paul did talk about that a little bit. I'd love to hear what you think about it, though.
2: We've been you and me have been talking about this Star Wars celebration. Uh, What about Ray's
3: staff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When we saw that in the uh the Force Awakens exhibit there in Anaheim, and uh, yeah, if it, it looks it's very clear that those are part uh part lightsaber hilts and you know, that might gosh, you know, that that might lead, lend more credence to the fact that there's an Obi-Wan Kenobi connection because uh you know, we know that Luke builds his lightsaber from uh Old Ben's hut there on Tatooine, so there are pieces and parts and elements um he was able to get from there i can't imagine there being lightsaber hilt pieces you know scattered throughout the galaxy like this so right there's got to be some sort of connection there with with ray if that's indeed or or you know or is it just part of the uh visual language of star wars just in terms of the way you know mechanics are uh, portrayed and well, what happened
2: to Darth Maul's saber? What happened to Darth Maul's saber? Now, remember, Kenobi chopped it in half. Where did the other half go?
3: Oh, boy, I don't know. I mean, we, we've already got one sort of missing saber coming back in this movie. I don't know that we need another one. I, 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 I'm reluctant to read too much into that. Got it. You know. I, I, I feel the same way. I, I do, But I, I, I love
2: asking the questions yeah. at this time, too. What happened to the other half of Maul's saber? Maybe oh. Kenobi picked it up, and, like you said, it just became a piece for a new weapon decades later, yeah,
3: like, like Luke Sabre we see um we see Ray later, which looks like she's at the control at the helm of the Falcon, and then the next shot you see is it blasting through these pine trees, and I gotta tell you, Jim, like I think the things that have given me the most goosebumps in these trailers. Is when we see these iconic vehicles in the Star Wars universe, uh, in you know, in atmosphere, in the planet, you know, in around these planets that look like you could just look out your own window and see this. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that international trailer shot of the of the Tie Fighters in the sunset. Yes, is just uh, it's just breathtaking, and this shot of the falcon bursting through this tree line is just unbelievable um so you know it doesn't look like she's maybe the best pilot um <laughs> or she's really trying to get away um but no han no Chewie in this shot so are they uh, maybe they're on the ground there and she has to take control uh perhaps han and Chewie are captured killed dare we say well again as we mentioned before
2: these shots are taken wildly out of context for the purpose of the trailer. I don't think there's a relationship between Ray punching it in the cockpit of the Falcon, and and then the next shot of the Falcon cutting through the trees. I think the shot of Ray piloting the Falcon happens earlier in the film on Jakku. We've seen a lot of the footage of the Falcon flying through that Starship graveyard and through the wreckage of the Star Destroyer. I don't think that's Han piloting the ship at that time. I think it's actually Ray. I think it's actually I think Ray. you're right. I think and so, you're right. And I believe that this shot from the TV spot of Ray at the controls of the Falcon in the cockpit is from that sequence, regardless of the fact that then they cut to a shot of the Falcon bursting through these pine trees
3: and uh, coming out of the forest. So um, Now, that same foresty planet we see in the trailer, um, the, the, uh, the Monday Night Football trailer, the trailer three, I guess we could call it. Um, in the in the scene where it's obviously the planet is is blowing up. There's some, you know, hugely catastrophic thing happening. Um, so there's, you know, it's being ripped apart. So it, it's hard to say whether or not, the, you know, all these planets are the same, though it's, it's unlikely that you would have two planets so close in, you know, close, so close looking. It'd be very confusing. Not that it hasn't happened before. Episode two, Geonosis and Tatooine at night look very similar. Very as true. Pointed out. Yeah, so it's 30 true. seconds. It's uh, it's incredible. It's now up and available at uh, StarWars.com and on the official Star Wars uh, tr- uh, YouTube channel. And um, on
2: our Facebook page. And, of course, on our Facebook page. But it yeah. took a
3: while for it to show up. So um, as Jimmy pointed out, it was a Twitter exclusive. So that exclusive window must be over now. And you can see a really great uh, uh, HD uh, version of it uh, on uh, Star Wars YouTube channel. So it's awesome. It's awesome. Not a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's it's not a lot, but it's enough. It's enough to whet the appetite. And I, I, I wonder, Jim, if since this sort of focused on Ray, I wonder if this is the theme that we're going to be seeing for, there's got to be more TV trailers, TV spots coming out. If they're going to focus on they're gonna be character focused like this, where there might be one out there for Finn, there might be one out there for Poe, et cetera. Right. Like those tone
2: poems from the yeah. episode one. Um, we're we're hearing everything being told from Maz Kanata's perspective. That dialogue is entirely Lapita Nuangos, much like the dialogue in the other trailers, the international trailer and the Monday Night Football trailer. That's primarily Lapita in those two. Right right so her her character is obviously going to be like an adhesive for the plot i 'm sure she her character is going to give us some prime time explanations and yeah. insights into what 's going to be happening with the rest of the film
3: well, if you go back to the first trailer there 's been an awakening you know that whole thing we 've we 've had two very different voices um, well three now uh, narrate these trailers the first was what we believe to be Andy Serkis, what we know to be Andy Serkis and his character. Um, then in the second trailer, we had Mark Hamill narrating it. That was the uh, trailer we saw at, uh, at Celebration. And then the third trailer, uh, there was not really a narrator, a central narrator. Um, just clips and dialogue. And right, you this, had Lapita and Harrison in those two. Right, right and 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 Ray too I believe and Daisy Ridley in there. Oh yeah, we do hear from her yeah. at the very beginning sure. Yeah, and, and just Finn, dialogue. Yeah, dialogue. Just yeah, dialogue. Yeah, but there's not that kind of uh, you know, sort of poetic um you know, sensibility about it. As so then they go back to that with this with this trailer. So I'm thinking just that we're looking at two very contrasting uh, characters between uh, Circus, who we know is stop motion and uh, not stop motion, but ca- motion capture and day de- and uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character also uh, motion capture. So two very, very, very different types of characters, very different voices. Um, and it looks to me like they're teeing this up as a dark side character versus a light side character. We don't know.
2: And we're getting more footage this week, at least we're led to believe that um, ABC on Thursday night, which was last night as this show is being released. They released some sort of exclusive look at The Force Awakens, and we'll break all that down next week. I don't know what it is they're going to show. We we asked people at Lucasfilm, and they weren't even sure what was going to be shown. So it could be some new stuff. They say it's an exclusive look featuring uh, commentary from the stars of such shows as Grey's Anatomy. I know everyone is just dying to hear what the cast of Grey's Anatomy thinks of Star Wars. I know I'm at the edge of my seat.
3: Well, I I think what this is, if I speculate, I think this is um, interstitial stuff or kind of bumper material that's going to be, you know, they they obviously want to not just drive viewership to one particular show. They want it they want people to be stick, you know, stick with ABC programming for the whole primetime lineup. So you're going to have these little snippets, these little looks at the Force Awakens that are going to be embedded throughout, you know, the content that is the primetime lineup there of ABC. And it'll be like, hey, we're the cast of Grey's Anatomy, and here's another look at the Force Awakens. I
2: think that's what it's going to be. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I'm guessing, too, but uh, we'll, we'll have to tune in and find out. Thursday on ABC. It's true. All of it. The Force Awakens on TGIT. Join Shonda Rhimes and the cast of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder as they share with you an exclusive special look at Star Wars The Force Awakens.
3: I said to Jim, I'm like, oh, could it be? Is this going you know, to be like one of those half-hour specials that you used to get when a big movie was coming out? Uh, I don't think that's going to be it. No. Don't think so. But they're, 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 they're not specific at all in that in that piece. Um, they, talk about specifics. We've got kind of a sad specific. I guess it depends on how you choose to look at it. Uh, this is something that we've been talking about on the program for a while now. That we were sort of anticipating, expecting this. I um, thought we'd get one more year out of it, but it appears not. Star Wars Weekends officially ends at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida. Um Not to be, not to be. Um, They had a great run. What was it, nine years? They heard you were coming this year. Yeah, I know. I was all geared up. I, you know, I'm still, I don't know. They don't have to have a party for me. I'll still show up. I mean, it is Disney World, for God's sake. But Uh, we've been reporting um, on this for a
2: while. We've been hearing some uh, troubling things behind the scenes about the future of Star Wars weekends. And uh, the news was. Made uh, crystal clear this week on the uh, official Disney Parks blog that Star Wars weekends has come to an end. Jason, I think uh, it, was, it, was, it was. They should have said it was winding years.
3: down. <laughs> well, that would seen, that would indicate right? that winding. we
2: were, that would indicate that we would be getting more. We would be getting more uh, uh, parades at the beginning of the day featuring Star Wars characters and James Arnold Taylor and other celebrities from the saga. We assumed we would be still getting those uh, great live Q&As and uh, awesome programming that Disney Hollywood Studios would offer Star Wars fans. Fireworks show at the end of the day. But the thing that really disappoints me about the demise of Star Wars Weekends is the fact that we lose the community event. That's what was the thing that drove Star Wars Weekends. Sure, it was great seeing the celebrities and taking part in all the special programming, but was the fact that it was a beacon in the middle of the summer for Star Wars fans to unite in Orlando. And while we're looking forward to 14 acres devoted to Star Wars every day at Disney parks, 365 days a year, it's not the special event that will draw the fan community there. It will just, it's like having Christmas every day of the year, essentially. With the, with well, the, it's, it's, it's not going to be as person.
3: concentrated. I mean, yeah, that, there's. And, and yeah, so it's that's it like, that's be, like saying that you we're not going to have any special events for Disney fans because, well, Disney World is open every day.
2: Nobody's looking more forward to the uh, additions to the Star Wars editions like I am. But again, as I said, if Christmas was every day of the year, it wouldn't be special anymore and it would lose a little bit of its magic.
3: It probably has a lot to do with the construction and they are having I can't remember the name of it, but they announced that there's there is going to be a period of time where, you know, like for example, Space Mountain is getting a facelift to be uh Star Warsified. So there's going to be things at certain times of the year, but they're not going to be I don't think as concentrated as as Star Wars weekends was. So no, but there
2: will be Star Wars stuff happening You're going to have the launch bay, which will feature exhibits, merchandise, and behind-the-scenes features. There's going to be photo ops with characters. There's going to be Jedi training still happening for the kids and uh, other other Star Wars attractions, most notably a Jakku addition to Star Tours. And there was a brief sneak video peek of what some of that will look like. It was like a 10-second video. We put it up on our Facebook page. But it looks amazing. And all of that will be in place along with, I believe, Watto's Grotto is still going to be happening and everything. So that's not going to slow us down. We're still having our 2016 annual Disney Rebel Force Radio listener meetup, and that will be happening in June. We'll have more specific details like dates and things like that coming at the beginning of 2016. But uh, don't you worry. If they're not going to have Star Wars weekends officially on the schedule, we're going to do it ourselves, and we want you there with us. So that will be happening in June.
3: All right. We've got um, Little Debbie's to give away. And if I remember correctly, uh, Jim, you put out a challenge. This challenge. Year. Yes. Uh, so how folks could get a chance to win the uh, Little Debbie snack cakes for this week was that they needed to submit a proposed name for your
2: fantasy baseball team. Right, I'm getting back into fantasy baseball. I've taken a few years off. I did it with 20-plus years with the same crew. I miss the guys. I got bitten by the World Series bug, baseball fever, so I want back in. But I want a new team name. I want a fresh start, and I want my new team to have a Star Wars twist to the name. So I asked you guys to throw some suggestions at me, and you went crazy. (laughs) You guys are the most creative audience in the world, and you threw so many different names at me. I have a selection of some of the best, and uh, me and Jason are going to run through them real quickly. So, Jason, uh, we'll do uh, every other one, okay? All right, every other one. You're going to start. I'll start. All with right. Jimmy Max, Malls, and Strikes. The Wars, as in the Wars, the Bears, the Wars. Okay. Uh, playing off the Chicago thing. That's good. I like it. Uh, we have the Empire
3: Strikes Out, Kylo Renegades. Ooh, I like that one. Home Plate One, Rogue One with a W,
2: W O N. Uh, Shards of Alderaan. Now that sounds like a good name for a heavy metal album. Echoes of Hoth. Again, that would be a prog rock. Oh, we're gonna
3: album. it's gonna take forever if you have to comment on all everyone. Right, Come want, on, all right. rapid fire, rapid fire. Mac Attack of the Clones. The Chicago White Sox, boots, breastplate, and helmet. Like Mandalorian. Force out. Home one. Home run.
2: Power converters. Oh, I like that one. Would you stop? I like that. Power converters. Twin Sons. C3P bros.
3: Wookiees in the outfield. Swing, Bantha. Swing. Akbar in the outfield. The Sarlacc Pitchers. A little shortstop for a stormtrooper. Ha <laughs> ha. Admiral at bat. The umpire strikes bat. The umpire strikes back. Umpire Palpatines. The empire strikes out. Four balls and Ewok. <laughs> that sounds
2: like a party. The Besbin Bombers.
3: <laughs> Besbin. The Jakku Scavengers. Intentional Ewoks. Han Solo home runs. Run
2: scoring by John Williams. <laughs> or run scored by John Williams <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay Rays
3: Spelled with an E The Chicago Carillions. Cincinnati Red Sabres Or just <laughs> Cincinnati Sithinat, Sorry Sithinat.
2: Cincinnati. <laughs> Order 60 Socks As in my white socks The Star Sluggers Little Darth Debbies
3: <laughs> Minoc Marauders The Fighting Kitsters, Sith Side Sluggers The Nerf Herders The Modal Nodes The Tootle Fruits <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But no. he did say just
3: kidding The yeah. Skywalkers The Battle Droids Millennium Falcons Knights of Ren Yeah, just vanilla That's it. Um, Knights of Run Knights of Runs, Hits, and Errors. <laughs> Knights of Wrens, Hits, Errors. The Malasar Beast. Han Shot First Base. Lightsaber Metrics.
2: Wookiee of the Year. Your Worshipfulness. <laughs> Never Tell Me the Odds. <laughs> Attack of the Colons.
3: Oh, I <laughs> think Honor it's o- Attack of the Colons.
2: No, it is not. That's He's, he's oh. making a reference to Bartolo Colon. The uh, New York Mets pitcher who got action in the World Series this year, he pitched for the Chicago White Sox twice.
3: Oh, I thought he was talking about the last time I ate Mexican. Attack of the <laughs> Colons. Uh Wookie of the Year. Jabba
2: the Hutt, if you have Jabba Chamberlain. He's a pitcher for the uh, Yankees.
3: Uh num nine-down. <laughs> the Galactic Umpire. Kylo's Rens. Sarlacious Sluggers. Oh, Wendy would like that. Yes. The Dirty Tauntauns. And
2: our winner, (laughs) I found this one irresistible. (laughs) I had to go for it, courtesy of John W. Reed at John Reed on Twitter. Jabba the Bunt. Jabba the Bunt will be the name of my 2016 fantasy baseball team. Jabba the Bunt. Jabba the Bunt.
3: That's a fair. Good job. Yes, yes.
2: yes. Thank you, John. Fantastic job. So uh, congratulations. You'll be winning a galactic snack pack. And we're giving away one more this week. Uh, Paul Bateman, in his irrepressible way, he, uh, he uh, had a saying on our show last week, Jason. Um, he I can't remember what he was referencing, but he said it would be as rare as horse poop. So uh, just, just in in a uh, uh, fit of hilarity, I said that I would give away a Galactic Snack Pack uh, if I picked a name at random uh, who tweeted out uh, hashtag Rares Horse Poop. And uh, <laughs> so okay. uh, our, our listener, uh, Alessio Pasquale, loyal RFR listener, uh, he posted up a picture of uh, you and me with himself, uh, that was shot at the Rebel Force Radio Celebration kickoff bash. And Alessio says, Fun time at Celebration Anaheim with Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank and my official RFR pin. Only thing that would have made it more awesome, some little Debbie Galactic snack packs. And with my 19th birthday on Saturday, it's rare to find in my town. Or as Paul Bateman would say, hashtag rare's horse poop. So, rare <laughs> so- horse poop that's yes so uh, alessio uh, look for it coming at you in the mail shortly and happy birthday and thank you so much for listening
3: all right before we uh, get too much further down the road i do want to take a moment and thank one of our sponsors this week harrys.com so here's the deal uh you know this is this is november right you know if you don't know what Movember is now that's a month where Guys are supposed to grow mustaches to raise awareness and money for men's health issues. Uh, I I'm not into it. I cannot rock the mustache. I have tried. I can't. I can't do that. It's not my thing. Um, but I still contribute to those of you, and I honor those of you that are willing to do it because I feel like if you're going to have a mustache, you you need to be like a detective. That helps. Uh, Maybe a fireman. Uh, But but, uh, a Star Wars podcaster, it's not my thing. What is my thing is getting a good shave. Now, let's talk about Harry's. With Harry's, I get an amazing shave. So here's what you do. If you want to get started with Harry's, it's super easy. Over a million guys have already made the switch. Um, Go to harrys.com. The website is really streamlined, easy to use. You register in 30 seconds, get your order placed. Amazing customer service. So what we want you to do is we want you to use our coupon code, and you can get the introductory set, the starter set, for just 10 bucks. And the coupon code is, of course, RFR. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a razor handle, three blade cartridges, and your choice of shaving cream or foaming shave gel delivered to your door. Shipping is free. Go to harrys.com right now and they're going to give you five dollars off so you're going to get that starter set for like i said ten dollars that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. enter code rfr and we thank com so much for their support of us here at rebel force radio laugh
2: it up fuzzball all
3: right we got one more story for you we can't not talk about this one It's unthinkable. Oh, you know, Simon Pegg really needs to stop working because every time he does, every time he does a movie, he goes out and he doesn't just promote the movie that he's out there to promote, but he uses it as a platform to start ripping. What else? The Star Wars prequels. That's right.
2: Yep, Thus earning him the moniker, Simon Frickin' Peg. And uh, guess what, friends? Simon's taking it up a notch.
3: Yeah, he is at it again. He's out there uh, promoting his rom-com, what is it, Man Up. And um, uh, started talking about Force Awakens. He was uh, a consultant on that. He's a consultant on the Force Awakens. And what is his... um, What are are his credentials? Well, he hates the prequels. There's one credential for you. I think he believes that that is like the credential to have is that he hates the prequels. Um, But he is quoted here talking about his experience. He says to knock out ideas with J.J. Abrams and every single day, whether you were on the set or something you recognized or a set that was brand new. It just felt like Star Wars in a way that it hadn't felt in 32 years. It was genuinely magical uh where's the rest of this oh um he is uh also a consultant on the uh the next star trek film which he's writing yeah. the next star trek film uh oh wait a minute he is yes he's the writer he's not just a consultant on that too no he's writing it he's and, writing uh, it oh we're gonna see how thick his skin is aren't we uh, we know that this is a guy that has thin skin because when uh, there were fans that were less than pleased about Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, he was quoted as saying, F you,
1: fans, well, yeah, if you think true.
3: Star Trek Into Darkness sucks. So wait till he gets a taste of, you know, if he's the the writer, which now that you mentioned, Jim, I believe, you're right, he is writing the next Star Trek movie. Um, boy, he's really going to have a hard time if people don't like that. If people are a fraction as, as vicious and as um, rude and, uh, you know, if they go out of their way a fraction of what he has done to bitch and complain and moan and tear down the prequels, uh, he's going to be in for a real rude awakening. And it's one thing to attack the movies, but now he's pointing the crosshairs at those who like the prequels.
2: I know, Jason, in these comments that he made earlier this week in the New York Daily News, I think they're probably the most troubling of any comments that Simon Pegg has ever made regarding his criticism of the Star Wars prequels. Because it's one thing to judge the films, but it's something else to go out there. When your name is connected to the next Star Wars film and completely pee in the pool that is the prequel trilogy, and the last 15 to 20 years of history for this franchise. Simon says to the New York Times, I don't really have any respect for anyone who thinks those films are good. They're not, he told the news. They're a monumental misunderstanding of what the original three films are all about. It's an exercise
3: in utter infanticide. Do you know what infanticide is? It's like killing it's your the baby. It's murder it's the murder of an infant. Listen. I mean, there's hyperbole and there's rhetoric, and then there's just irresponsible, inflammatory BS like this. This guy, you know, I don't care if he's J.J. If he's Abrams' husband. I don't care who he is. Um, he just grates on me, and he continues to get rewarded for this kind of, I think, unprofessional Behavior. A guy in the business should know better.
2: Well, he should know better. And, and it's just the hypocrisy, it's the arrogance. And who are you, Simon Pegg? Who are you? You came on my radar years ago simply by the fact that you complain about the Star Wars prequels, yet you put yourself on a pedestal as some sort of purist lover of Star Wars and an expert. And an expert in all this, and, and you're just a story completely... consultant. Let's look at some quotes from Simon Pegg's past. If you don't think that he's a hypocrite, let's look at this. This is Peg the liar. He was quoted as saying this word for word. Being a geek is all about being honest about what you enjoy and not being afraid to demonstrate that affection. It means never having to play it cool about how much you like something. Well, so should we amend that quote, Peg, and say, unless, of course, you like the Star Wars prequels? Let's take a look at this quote. Peg the opportunist. If one of your best friends is making a Star Wars movie, you're not going to not abuse that privilege. I defy anyone to say otherwise. So Peg is basically admitting the, the only reason he's allowed to work on Star Wars is because one of his best friends is working on Star Wars. Well, good for you, Simon. Now you got your in, Okay. So now you're working on the thing that you've been crapping on for the last two decades. Let's take a look at Peg the Phony. Here's a quote from Simon. I honestly thought the other day that I'm going to retire from geekdom. I've become the poster child for that generation, and it's not necessarily something I particularly want to be. So there, now he's just raining on the entire idea of geek culture.
3: Well, and he's put himself out there and, uh, you know, the sheeple. Have uh, allowed him to be put on that pedestal as you know some sort of lord of the geeks, and then he then he then he's the reluctant leader, and he doesn't want to be you know seen as such. It's just uh, it's it's just. <sighs> I don't even have the energy for this guy. I don't anymore. I don't I either. Just, but
2: I just I feel like I have to call him out. I feel like we've been exposing this guy for years and now he's just finally gone and done it. He's completely crossed the line. I've taken a lot of heat for the fact that I stand here and I tell you guys that Simon Frickin' Peg is a big phony baloney and that he should be boycotted. From all things Star Wars If Simon Pegg should be allowed to attend a Star Wars celebration He should be booed by all Star Wars fans the second he steps foot on stage yeah. We have no time for this guy in the franchise And the way he lords his arrogant opinions over everyone Here's the biggest example of Pegg the hypocrite Defending Star Trek Two. You know what? It absolutely isn't the worst Star Trek movie. It's asinine, you know, it's ridiculous and frustrating as well, because a lot of hard work and love went into that movie. And all JJ wanted to do was make a film that people really enjoyed. So to be subject to that level of sort of like crass effing ire, I just say F you. So again,
3: he's just he's he's he can dish it out pretty good. He can equate George Lucas creating these three magical films that captured a generation, a new generation of Star Wars fans. Mind you, he can crap all over that and equate it to murdering an infant. But God forbid you say anything unkind about uh, uh, Brother JJ's Star Trek Into Darkness. And I mean, just turn the
2: table around. And I say to, to Peg about the prequels, I say his criticism is asinine. I say his criticism is ridiculous and frustrating as well, because a lot of hard work and love went into those movies. And all George Lucas wanted to do was make a film that people really enjoyed. So to be subject of that level of like crass effing ire, Simon Pegg, I just say F you and i think that i'm representing a lot of star wars fans and star trek fans with those sentiments and i've been saying it for a while on this show and i'm so tired of people calling this guy out saying that he's some kind of genius and and he's such a he's just loves star wars so much no he's a phony baloney cashing in Just like the girls who used to host those shows on the G4 network, Attack of the Shows. He has as much credibility with me as they did. Olivia Munn. (laughs) Because he had just about as much credibility with me as as Olivia Munn did, you know, supermodel hosting a video game show on G4. Yeah, cashing in is what I call it.
3: All right. Okay. Well, we we need to uh, to cleanse the palate from that. But... You know, he's going to continue. And and and, and, you, and I'm with you, though, Jim, the uh, the defenders. And, and look, there's a lot of you out there in the audience. And we love you. And you've been listening with to us for a long time. And you're big fans of Simon Pegg. You're big fans of his movies. That's fine. But um, to I'm give calling this- for a boycott. I'm calling for a boycott. Oh, well, let's well, let's start it now. I'm not, but not Star Wars. See, that's the thing. No, 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 no. What I'm <laughs> saying is let's let's boycott. Simon Pegg here. Let's put a ban on him man up. from I'm being man up. brought up on this show ever again.
2: You know, I'm I'm for that because I just want to get into the things that make me happy with Star Wars. And Simon Pegg is the furthest thing from that definition. But I'll tell you what. I'm telling anyone, you know, make a statement and don't go to see his new rom-com man up. Like, I don't even think our audience would even have that on their radar. But... You know, if you're thinking about going to see it and Simon has said things that are insulting to you personally, then boycott man up. Boycott anything else he ever does. You know, don't don't get his DVDs or watch his videos. I, I, I don't know what else to do with this guy. People who we know know him and they tell us he's a wonderful guy. But man, oh, man, could he stick his foot in his mouth anymore? Let's give away some mac and cheese. Let's do that. Last week we, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, these great craft mac and cheese posters, and uh, we wanted to give one away to the person who posted "I want at craft mac and cheese" while listening to at Rebel Force Radio. And it was simple as that. And we got a lot of people making that tweet, and uh, they all uh, got put into a uh, into a a random uh, a randomizer. Let's just say. What I do is I just, you know, print up all the names and I cut them out and I put them in a thing and I pick that name. And the name I picked was Brian Varnell. Brian Varnell at Red Five B V O Six on Twitter. We chose your name at random and you, sir, will be getting a craft Star Wars mac and cheese Yoda poster mm-hmm. sent to your house. So thank you so much for uh, Everyone who uh, tweeted about Rebel Force Radio and Kraft Mac and Cheese and uh, go get yourself a box of Star Wars Kraft Mac and Cheese. If you're uh, not a collector, eat it.
0: Look at this, huh, guy? You dead?
3: Yeah. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with
2: them? I don't. (laughs) I collect them.
3: Does Mom know you keep Mac and Cheese in here? Okay,
2: this isn't for eating. I collect these too.
0: So, toys you can't play with and mac and cheese you can't eat? This is a room of lies. Rebel Force Radio. Princess Leia in the gold bikini? Oh, every guy our age loved that. It's huge. Yeah, that's the moment when, when you know, she stopped being a princess and she became like, you know, a woman. Your source for the Force.
3: Oh, how the times have changed, Phoebe Buffet from Friends. Yes, uh, we've gone from. Lady standing up and saying that that's when she went from being a princess to becoming a woman to now it's a symbol of exploitation and nasty uh, uh, sexist men and, and greedy huts. At least that's the impression that I'm getting based on what uh, we're hearing. The rumor mill is, and again, nothing has been uh, confirmed from Disney, from Lucasfilm, but the rumors are that Princess Leia as she appears in the gold bikini costume is being retired from the marketing efforts uh, on behalf of the, uh, the star Wars franchise. This all kind of uh, began back with the story we talked about here on rebel force radio some time ago, the Philadelphia dad who was just, uh, just, just so befuddled at how to, to explain the presence of a slave Leia, uh, six-inch Black Series figure to his daughter when she asked him who this was. Why was she wearing that outfit? Why was she, why'd she have chains? That's Fred Hill's daughters at the Target store in Deptford shopping for their birthday gifts. It's pretty inappropriate. The single dad was shocked to see this on the toy aisle shelf, a Hasbro-made Star Wars Black Series action figure of Princess Leia Wearing what the box described as a slave outfit. The toy features a scantily clad version of Princess Leia complete with a chain around her neck. The toy that even has dad blushing. Now are like, dad, why does this doll have a chain around her neck? I don't have any answers. You know what I mean? I'm just like blown away looking at it. If i got two daughters. I don't need seeing that crap. Uh, so that grew into what I predicted way back when would be a moratorium on the Princess Leia bikini look. And uh, I know some people out there thought I was crazy, that that wasn't going to happen, but according to J. Scott Campbell, who is a Star Wars comic artist, he posted on Facebook in the aftermath of uh, Carrie Fisher's interview with uh, Daisy Ridley. I believe that was, was that in Variety?
2: Yeah, it was a uh, recent magazine interview that Carrie and uh, Daisy both,
3: yeah, it was Carrie interviewing Daisy Ridley. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and she gave Daisy advice to you know fight against the, the, uh, the slave costume. Don't do what I did. Don't give in. And uh, J. Scott Campbell said, well, Daisy won't have to fight against anything. This is him on Facebook. He says, Daisy is already well on its way. Uh, Disney is already well on its way to wiping out the quote-unquote slave outfit from any future products, period. You will not see... Uh, Any future merchandising featuring the slave Leia or the slave outfit ever again? Trust me. And um, someone replied to him saying, you know, is this are are you sure about this? Is this true? He says, very. I've heard it from two sources. We can't even draw Leia in a sexy pose at Marvel, let alone in that outfit. We also had a 3D slave Leia statue killed at a major manufacturer because there will no longer be any slave Leia merchandise. Again nothing confirmed but I think that it does add up given what we saw with the expose at target uh, by a by a local uh, Philadelphia affiliate uh, TV station in the aftermath of the dad being so upset uh, between that and what we're hearing from uh, J Scott Campbell it, it it all points to as I say a moratorium on the slave Leia look in and merchandise so I did some research. I did
2: some research. I reached out to a bunch of Star Wars artists I know, uh, people who work as licensees, they work in merchandising, or they might actually be official Lucasfilm artists. Uh, I took an informal poll of more than five artists, but less than ten, and I can tell you none of them have been contacted by Lucasfilm about a moratorium on the slave Leia uh, depiction in any sort of
3: artwork. Yeah, I think that's because there's going to be a moratorium on, quote-unquote, official Star Wars artists before it's too... On all of them? No, I'm talking about the ones that, you know, they can call themselves official Star Wars artists because their art has been used in merchandise and whatnot. But if they're, unless they're working on a Star Wars comic book from Marvel... Yeah? I don't think Disney considers them official Star Wars artists.
2: Well, I'll tell you what... Um... There is uh, some artwork that ended up in uh, of of the slave Leia that showed up in children's books that were released on Force Friday. Those um, little golden books, mm-hmm. they feature. Uh, there's an image of a, a slave Leia in there, um, and there were other images released in other books for children on Force Friday. So this would, if there is going to be any stoppage to that being used in merchandising, that is coming off of the heels and in the wake of that Philadelphia dad complaining to the news. And then that reached the internet and got spread around like wildfire. And uh, I I think this could be, if if it actually is true, that they're saying no more Slave Leia in merchandising or comic books, then uh, that would be, a direct reaction to that father in Philly complaining. That's what I think.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, Entertainment Weekly picked up on this conversation on Facebook and reached out to uh, J. Scott Campbell, and he started to kind of walk it back a little bit. Uh, he says, for the record, I didn't say this with any authority. I simply mentioned it seemed to be the case. So, you know, he's, he is waffling a bit on this. Uh, But but, you know, I just think that it it adds up. So uh, it's again, it's become a hot topic. And I think that the best way for Jimmy and I to discuss this, we couldn't just do it. The two of us, we had to bring in.
1: Right there. That's your radio
3: voice. Would you stop? (laughs) Would you stop? I am enunciating so the people listening can understand me. (laughs) You see, do you see the sacrifice I'm making, I, I've kept this woman clear away from this show for nine years. So it would have to be a big story in order for me to involve her. Yes. And this is
1: normally keeps me locked in a closet wearing a gold bikini. <laughs> <laughs> a gold bikini. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So we had to get some real
3: women in here to talk about this story because otherwise, otherwise it'd be, it'd be very one-sided. So let's, Yes. we've got our wives, real women, real, well, yeah, not fake women. No, you said real women. Real we, women and,
0: of Rebel Force Radio. To me,
3: real housewives. Well, of well the Rebel that's going to be the Force calendar Force. we put out for next year. They don't get more <laughs> real than this. <laughs> no. As no, far it's, it's as women, it's actually a little too real, too real. <laughs> to, be, to be honest with you. But uh, so th- this is the story. Now we don't have any official uh, word from Lucasfilm or Disney, but that what well, we aren't heard, you going to introduce the women, the real women? You didn't introduce them. Well, he's telling the story first. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Producer. Oh, well, I thought the real women should get a shout-out at that point. but Well, all right. If you want to talk about the real women, I'll introduce them. I'll, I'll introduce mine first. Uh, this is my old lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not going to go well. Yeah. I, just, I just let her out of the kitchen. <laughs> oh, see. Yeah, this, well, this is what the people expect from me. Uh, no, I have my beautiful, lovely zoologist wife. Debra here and uh, just to kind of give you some perspective of Debra as Debra's Star Wars cred or her experience when Debra and I first started dating it was at the end of high school we end up in college together and they had built a movie theater right down the street from our dorm and so Debra had never seen any of the Star Wars movies so it was so cool for us to just after class, walk across, you know, walk down the street, go into the movie theater, and uh, I took her to all three of the Star Wars movies in uh, at that AMC Lennox there in Columbus, Ohio, at the Ohio State University. Now,
2: are you talking about the special edition releases or the prequels? I'm
3: talking about the special edition releases. All right. Hi, Deb, by the way. Hello.
2: There
1: she oh, is. I,
3: I, I'll let you talk. Honey, it's okay to talk. Talk to the people.
1: Well, you were telling a story. Yeah.
3: Well, I just want to give people a sense of your your Star Wars history. Right. That even though you're of the right age to be part of the original Star Wars generation, it wasn't something that was a part of your childhood.
1: No, it was not.
3: Right. All right. So so that's Deb. That's Deb. <laughs> <laughs> Deb, you want to get right into that
2: microphone, too. Yeah, get right um, in. There. Now, with Wendy, a very similar story. Yeah. Um, Wendy grew up in the 70s, and oddly enough, she missed Star Wars completely. And when I first started dating her is when I sat her down to watch the original trilogy. This was around 94, 95, and we had picked up the uh, THX VHS tapes from Walgreens. And I sat her down and I showed her uh, all three films for the first time. And who's your favorite character? Salacious Crumb. There you go. So I I think (laughs) if anyone is going to cite Salacious Crumb as her favorite character, she has more than just a casual understanding of the wars. Correct?
0: Yes, but I had not seen him before, and I'm a little older than you, so I was doing other things in life when Star Wars came out.
2: That's true. I mean, I was right in the wheelhouse there, being an eight-year-old in the 70s, 1977. That was... That was a that was kid culture personified, identified. It was Star Wars. It was, uh, and and so you may have you know moved on to high school and boys and yeah, you know the more important things in life.
0: A little bit, but uh, I enjoyed all the movies. Uh, but once I've seen them, I don't need to keep watching them. Yeah, see,
2: Wendy always says that. She always starts off any conversation about Star Wars by saying, "I've seen them." But I saw them once and that was good enough for me. Yeah, she doesn't understand the re- idea of watching Star Wars five hundred times.
0: But when I watch a movie, I if I've seen it, I don't watch it again. And mm-hmm. if I do watch it again, it's because I forgot I saw it in the first place. <laughs> now what I'm not slamming it, I'm just saying I've seen it, it's awesome, but you know, I can move on and, and wait eight years for the next one.
2: Hasn't there ever been a movie that you wanted to see more than one
0: time?
1: Oh come on, Wendy Dirty Dancing.
0: Dirty Dancing? I've never seen Dirty Dancing. Oh.
1: You are a real woman. How have you not seen Dirty Dancing?
0: Answer that, I've real woman. I've seen Bits and Pieces. I've never seen Sound of Music.
1: Oh, oh, you're killing me.
0: It's all right. The swanks haven't seen Pulp Fiction yet, so. Oh, my God. Now I'd watch that again.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, I saw I I didn't care for Pulp Fiction. Wait a minute. You oh, sh- saw it? Yes. When did you see it? High school.
0: I don't know. You are more of a man than Jason is. Yes. <laughs>
1: well, well, what else is
3: new?
0: That's been determined. I would watch The Watchmen again. You
2: know, Star Wars is like The Watchmen in, in which it has, you know, very compelling characters who have rich background histories and they're in fantasy situations. It's it's similar. It's, it's in similar. But you thing. and Jason
0: love it, and you shouldn't really look down on people that don't love it as much. We don't look down on people who don't love it as no, much.
3: No, we don't look down. I just pity them. <laughs>
2: Exactly. But let's talk about this metal bikini controversy that's been brewing. It's been brewing for a little while. The slave moniker is something that's kind of uh, attached itself to that character, I'd say, over the course of the last 20 years. And now, all of a sudden, we're starting to hear rumors about pulling back the reins back on the marketing. Now, we're, we're not talking about abolishing the character completely. We're talking about the marketing of that character. So, Jason, Deb, if you don't mind, I'm just going to throw it to Wendy because I can see her sitting here. And just by you know, judging the look on her face and, and the way she said she I'd almost say she's kind of seething right now.
0: I'm mad. Why are you mad? I am bothered by this whole thing. Um, you know, Leia, like myself, Very strong, very confident (laughs) woman. Uh, Leia dressed as a male bounty hunter to get into Jabba's palace. That gold bikini, yes, it was very sexy. And if I may just say something, she looked very uncomfortable wearing it, which was kind of the point to this whole thing. Jabba's a disgusting freak who made her wear that. And, yes, it was sexist. Ah, but there was yes, a it was sexist. It. I have to put the T at the okay, end. Of it. Yes, right. it yeah. was sexist. What's wrong with being sexy? And he was trying to show that he was in power, and that was the point of the whole thing. And I have to be honest with you: when you first showed me Return of the Jedi, it was uncomfortable for me to watch. Was it? But it's supposed to be. He's hideous. He's despicable. Um, and, and basically what she was doing was showing that she would do what she had to to save Han, even if it involved something that she was not necessarily comfortable doing. Now, as a woman, I want to be treated as a, as a man's equal. I can be as smart as a man. I can be as funny as a man. I can be as handy as a man or sometimes handier in your case, Jim. Enough. And I should be paid the same amount as a man if I'm qualified for the same job. But there are times where I want to be a woman. I want to be sexy. Women are sexy. And there are times that I want to show that off. This wasn't Leia trying to be a weakling. Um, Basically, Jabba made her dress that way. And the ironic thing is Leia being put into this sexy, demeaning costume and being chained up gave her the power to choke Jabba with the humiliating chains that can find her. Ah. How
2: about that?
0: And maybe we are supposed
2: to feel uncomfortable for her.
0: I was very uncomfortable watching that scene. He's disgusting.
1: He's not He's even not- a human. Like, how does that even work? How do- <laughs> I mean, is salacious crumb involved?
0: No, he's nice. (laughs) He's just, you know what? I mean, all right, here's what I have to say. You just defended Salacious Crump. I will say this, but, you know, uh, all right. He's nice. Listen, Jabba represents lust, greed, gluttony. He amuses himself by torturing and humiliating his subjects. and Male and female alike. Entertainers, slaves. He was the one who put Leia in the positions she was in. So if you're going to get rid of the slave Leia- Get rid of Jabba the Hutt. He wasn't such a good dude either. He's the one who put her in that position.
3: All right, so you're bringing it back now around to the issue, which is, is there a place for Carrie Fisher in the Slave Leia costume? Is there a place for that in the marketing of the Star Wars franchise? Because I think that is... Really, I mean, you've done a great job of sort of laying out the foundation, and I don't, I don't think there'd be many people that would disagree with you in terms of, you know, the way that you've described, um, probably what was going through the minds of George Lucas and uh, Lawrence Kasdan as they were writing this and um, designing costumes and overseeing all of that. But the question seems to be whether or not this should be a continued. Look for this character in toys, in comics, book covers, magazines, etc. Deborah, you had Mm -hmm. some thoughts about that. At least you did yesterday.
1: I did, I know, but I'm really tired. Um, Anyway, no. um, (laughs) No, I guess I look at it from a different perspective because I'm not looking at it like I feel no offense when I watch that scene, also realizing that it's just a movie and um, didn't actually happen. You know, it didn't actually happen. character. Right? Um, but no, and that's what movies are. I mean, movies exploit everyone who is in them. I mean, I watch Dirty Dancing because I love to watch Patrick Swayze without his shirt on. Um, Jason loves to watch Princess Leia in the gold bikini. I mean, that's part of it. But what you have to keep in mind is when movies are marketed for more than just one age group. And, you know, when you're talking about a Star Wars movie they're not just making it for guys like Jason and Jimmy. You know, Jason is planning on taking our seven-year-old daughter to episode seven, seven, seven. Um, And, you you know, she's only seven, and I already hear her, you know, if we're out shopping, look in the mirror and make some sort of comment, you know, about herself that I can't even believe is in her mind at seven years old. So should a seven-year-old girl or, you know, any young girl for that matter, go to a Disney Star Wars movie and feel, you know, self-conscious about the way she looked compared to how they've dressed the lead character in the movie? No. It's a family movie.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing this up because this is the part that gets to me is the politically correct idea of inclusivity where everyone has to be able to fit into every piece of clothing or be skilled enough to be on every playing field or stage there is in the world just because they want to. There has to be a level of skill involved. There has to be a level of maybe physical size to be involved in pulling off some fashion looks. Now, I watched the James Bond movies. Daniel Craig did four Bond films. The man is my age, and he is in amazing shape. Outstanding. He is featured in beefcake scenes in each of these films. Topless, swimming, making the love. <laughs> but he is regardless of the fact, he is seen topless in these films. He's seen wearing skimpy bikini shorts and things of that nature.
1: See, but because, Because I,
2: well, I'm sorry, Wendy. Just gave me a look like I just did the rudest thing in the world. But I I just want to get my thought out. No, because
1: I actually, Jason brought up James Bond when we were talking about this, and you know, I realized Jason may have watched James Bond when he was younger, but most kids don't. And you're not James Bond is not what I would consider a family film franchise.
2: Well, I'd I just I, I have to disagree is, with that, at least growing up in the age I grew up in.
1: Well, maybe your parents should have monitored what you watched a little bit
3: more. I watched it with my parents.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I watched it with my parents.
3: Well, and there the, is a difference between watching Quantum of Solace and watching, uh, you know, uh, A View to a Kill. Granted,
2: like, granted. But I'm not, funny. you know what, I'm not even talking, we're talking about the way that you evaluate your your individual looks And to look at someone who wears some sort of wardrobe or a costume or whatever and look at them and say, well, they look good in it. I won't look good in it. That should be abolished.
0: That is wrong. But Princess Leia wore this outfit before all these young girls had body issues. This was years ago. So girls in the 80s weren't having... I gotta be honest with you, I wasn't really. I, I looked at it and I'm like, I didn't go, wow, she looks good. I'm like, God, that's uncomfortable. Job is a pig. Well, there's
2: the trend in political correctness that is maybe. Flawed.
0: But this movie was already made then. I'm saying yeah. now when you watch movies and all the, I mean, look, watch Disney and, and Nickelodeon. All these young girls are, I got to be honest with you, there's no heavy set girls that are stars of shows. So I think that's happening now. I don't think that happened then.
1: Yeah, I, I, here's a perfect example I, you know, take my seven year old daughter to buy jeans, you know, blue jeans for school. Yeah. She has to test them in the store sitting down to make sure that her butt is not going to show. That did not happen to me growing up in the 80s. My jeans came up to my neck. <laughs> You know, yeah, the clothes
0: I, were really bad in the 80s, I got to tell you, Deb. So, so that's the first thing. I mean, <laughs> but you're right.
1: They're designing jeans now for my first grader that they ride on her hips and she doesn't even have hips, you know? At times are different in the way that they girls are expected to dress. And
0: okay. that's not Princess Leia's fault. That right. is the way no. we are now. Thank you can thank the Kardashians for that.
1: Right. But no, what well, I'm maybe. saying is is because we have this trend, it makes girls more insecure. And I'm not saying you should go back and do anything with Slave Leia from the 1980 film, whatever, 83 film. Um, It's fine, it has its place in history. Um, You know, you want to sell the little carded action figures for collectors like Jason and Jimmy? Fine. Should I see Princess Leia in the like Disney princess, you know, lineup wearing her gold bikini next to Cinderella? No, I don't think so.
0: But what about I Dream a Genie? That was uh, something back in the day where it was a little risque to put that on TV. And, yeah, she looked better in that outfit, that harem outfit, than I ever would have. But I I never thought of it as that.
2: You know, I see more skin in beer commercials and Victoria's Secret commercials, and they just pop up at any given time on the TV set. And uh, granted, (laughs) when you're talking about franchises like... Victoria's Secret and the Disney owned Star Wars film franchise, it's it's apples to oranges. Yeah, I I get that. But we're exposed to it just the same. And that desensitizes us as a society, I believe. And when you look at what Carrie Fisher is wearing as the so-called slave bikini,
0: it 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 covers up a lot of her body. And quite honestly, watching the movie, it wasn't. That's revealing. It's tame. It's tame. And her but- body wasn't really that fantastic. She wasn't very curvaceous. Yes, she was thin, but it, it wasn't like, it It didn't exude sexiness to me, although I wasn't an eight-year-old oh, boy no, no, watching no, no, it, okay? No, no, no. It, was, no. it was
3: plenty sexy, trust yeah. me. It and I, and cool. I felt uncomfortable in the theater as a six-year-old, but for a completely different reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, What's that? Here's <laughs> the
2: issue, though. I think the issue goes Back to the initial marketing of action figures for this character. Because they started marketing her as a slave. Huge mistake.
0: But she was as a character in that movie. Slow
2: down, though. In the novel, it said Jabba had her clothed in dancing girl outfits. It wasn't promoted as slave so much. Yeah, sure, she had a chain around her neck. But... She was definitely Jabba's captive. As a matter of fact, I think when the action figure first came out in the 90s, it was called something else. I think it was called Princess Leia Organa is Jabba's prisoner. That's how they marketed it. And remember when I first bought that action figure?
0: I'm supposed to remember that? No, but evidently you do. Well, because I, I remember making a big deal about it. It was the
2: it was kind of like the action figure we always wanted as kids, but we knew Kenner wasn't going to make it in the eighties.
0: They never made it the original no. go round. No,
2: because I mean, is it, it, it just would have been weird to be a kid in the eighties to buy a, a a figure, an action figure of a character in a bikini.
0: Well, that's exactly what Deb is saying now for the kids. Ah, now. but things have
2: changed. Things have changed because history has turned that into an iconic look. That is seen in fan conventions by thousands of girls dressing to emulate their favorite character, Princess Leia. So, if you want to make this all men versus women, where do they fit into this? Because a lot of women have glorified and paid tribute to that little bit of wardrobe. Because they're Return trying the to Jedi. please
0: their Star Wars loving no, husbands no, and boyfriends. That's, yes. bull. that's know, bull crap. That's, that's what you guys think. And but they want to be sexy bull. at the. Well, yes. uh, you See, know,
1: but we're still going back to you're talking. I mean, Jen, when you're talking about girls at these conventions that are probably college age and up. I'm talking specifically from the point of view of the mother of a young girl. Do I want her going to episode seven and seeing that lead girl character who is supposed to, I'm assuming, be a very strong woman character and then see her in an outfit that does nothing to necessarily. Wait, 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 though. no,
3: no one's you know, suggesting that Daisy Ridley is going to be in a Slave Leia costume.
2: But I want to ask the question, do you you take your child to the beach? Do you take her to the pool? I mean, how how do you shelter your child from seeing a woman in a bikini?
1: But that's in context.
2: In context?
1: Yeah, people wear bathing suits when they're at the pool or the beach.
2: That sounds like a double standard to me because skin is skin. And how it's exposed, whether it's at the beach or it's in a movie, it shouldn't make a difference.
1: Because no one else in Jabba's Palace, other than the other slave women, were wearing, you know... Skin showing clothing.
0: Uh, The skin doesn't bother me as much as that they're slaves and they're
1: subservient. And and what their outfits are implying. That's my my point. I mean, yeah, skin is skin. But. Okay. All right. All right.
3: I don't think that we're going to see anything like the slave bikini or I'm going to start calling it the prisoner bikini, Jim. To your point, which I think is a is a good one.
0: Because women prisoners Leia. wear bikinis all the time. When <laughs> can
2: anyone can anyone tell us? Maybe someone in the listening audience can send us an email or something. When was this character in this specific piece of wardrobe first referred to as Slave Leia? When was the first time that happened? I know that the Cause groups put together the it was called Leia's Metal Bikini. It's a website, it's out there where Girl, female Star Wars fans take pictures of themselves dressed in the metal bikini, and they submit them, and it's part of this website. But it's not called Slave Leia's Metal Bikini, no, no, or it's not called Leia Slave was, Leia.
3: Was sort of um. shorthand. Um, and uh, uh, there's a there's an article that kind of um, that, that that lays all of this out. Uh, I believe this was at Making Star Wars, and they go back to you Know when you would have all these polls in these action figure and collector magazines of what's the action figure you most want, and it was the
1: creepos said we want Princess Leia and the gold (laughs) bikini. All right,
0: so that was always one, and and Leia, (laughs) maybe there was
1: a reason why they didn't make the action figure.
0: See, I'm surprised to hear they didn't make it in the 80s and then it came out, and and if if you guys felt funny, like oh they couldn't, Kenner couldn't put it out because it would be weird. But now it's not weird. Here's it probably thing. should have never come out.
1: And the action figure, I mean, Jason was pulling up some pictures. It literally looks like the face of Han Solo. You know, where? Well, you know, I think she looks a gold a gold more bikini. like Ruth Hasbro. Buzzy.
2: She <laughs> looks
0: like Ruth Buzzy.
2: Hasbro was never able to really satisfy anybody. anybody. With the with a <laughs> hey, that
0: but, was Lily Tomlin. Oh, but, oh, yeah, right, right. Ruth Buzzy, <laughs> Ruth Buzzy was laughing. I'm sorry. But when that yes.
2: action figure did finally come out in the nineties, it was a big moment for collectors because finally, we were getting
3: this. Uh,
2: did Princess women Slay collectors
0: get as excited about absolutely. this? Okay, I'm
3: just asking. Absolutely. And um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, though, Jim. I, I, to keep this fair. How many women collectors did you know in the 90s that were doing cartwheels about Slave Leia coming out?
2: Listen, I got to tell you, this was in the early days of the AOL message boards. That's how I was getting my collecting information.
3: Listen up, Wendy. And...
2: And there was there was word that the North Riverside Toys R Us had cases of the Princess Leia, actually. and
0: he shared these emails with me. By the way, Jason and I said,
2: "Yeah, we're in our little apartment with our our Gateway two thousand computer <laughs> using Windows ninety four <laughs> and uh, AOL AOL on the dial up." And I said, oh, my God, this is such exciting news. I have to get over to the North Riverside (laughs) Toys R Us. And when I got there, I swear to God, there were more female collectors there than men. And I had to fight with some of them to even get one action figure.
0: And if you're collecting, you want the whole set. So even if if it's out there, I don't think they can take it away.
2: Well,
0: oh yes. Here's the can. thing. Well, it's I the marketing, and,
2: and and nowadays with with CGI technology in films, I mean, they could put her in a tuxedo Look, in in future Blu-ray releases. That's the thing that it was it was it here. was
3: not that long ago on this show when the story broke about the dad in Philly, and I said, "You mark my words, this is going to light a fire," and all of a sudden we're going to stop seeing Slave Leia in merchandise. And I said, and I
0: wouldn't be surprised if we end up why getting. Why are they a...
1: even still making merchandise from a movie that came out like thirty years ago?
0: Oh well, see, that's the Deborah question, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's my question I mean, too. I because it's all. I
1: mean, aren't they've already made the figurines? They've oh yeah, made... but there's new so ones, why? Deb, and there's oh, new right.
0: versions.
1: And they... Haven't
2: you guys realized the impact this film franchise has? We, have, your husbands, have been podcasting every week for ten years, a decade. <laughs>
0: Don't you realize the impact this film has? There's nothing I, mean, I love I that much. Like I gotta tell
1: you. I just feel like it's over and done with, and you know, in the upcoming right. in the upcoming films, I feel like Disney has a responsibility to but not put is, their female lead character okay in
3: right. Know, but but this is this is about the role that this character in that costume plays in current and future merchandise, should you be, a, if you're a comic book writer and artist working on Star Wars, should it be fair game to have a scene where Princess Leia, you know, flashes back to Princess Leia in Jabba's palace in her slave bikini outfit? See, Is that,
1: I, comic book people just all seem like creeps to me, and so they're only doing it for oh, one right reason. See, here come
0: the emails. <laughs> here come the, thank you. All right, wait, Wonder Woman was wearing stuff that was pretty revealing, too. I mean, these... That's exactly it, Wendy. That's exactly it. If
3: they're going to, if Marvel, if Disney, which owns Marvel and now Lucasfilm, if they're going to throw down and say, well, we think it's inappropriate for Slave Leia or Leia in the gold bikini to be in merchandising, they're going to have to come down on the Marvel franchise as well because anybody who's picked up a comic book in the last... Fifty years knows that every woman has huge boobs,
0: huge yep. hips, tiny waist.
1: Goes back to comic book guys are creepy. Some are.
2: You happen to be talking to one right now. <sighs> I'm looking at the Disney princesses here right now, and um,
0: that is unrealistic with their tiny waist, their bustled waists, and their breasts. Look at this. It's one. just they're not in revealing garb, but th- their body image is wrong for a 7-year-old girl too in
1: my opinion. I don't disagree with you. I mean Ariel is my daughter's favorite Disney princess. And you know, when she wanted a mermaid tail for her 5th birthday and would just sit around the house wearing her mermaid tail and some, <laughs> sometimes with the bikini top sometimes not. Um That's I was wondering so if, if Ariel really was the best influence.
2: What about this no. Jasmine from Aladdin? Jasmine Jasmine,
1: Jasmine, you really don't have any, any girls. We have in boys. House. Yeah, we
0: don't. I am surrounded by boys. Even the dog is a boy.
2: But I mean, she looks like she's uh, letting it all hang out there a little bit too. Yeah, uh, and I know.
1: think it's interesting too, though, that you look at like um, Ariel and Jasmine are princesses from the same era, and you know, you look now. I mean, yeah, all of them have a sort of an unrealistic body shape. But you look at your more recent, you know, princesses between Merida and Rapunzel and Anna and Elsa. What, not... they're heavier? No, I'm saying they still have an unrealistic body. You know, they're still teeny tiny waist and everything. But you're not seeing them, you know, showing midriff and all that stuff like you did with Ariel and... uh Jessica.
2: Little Mermaid, okay. Little Mermaid.
1: I would like to see Ariel, uh, Jimmy. I
0: mean, oh, <laughs> we don't know. I didn't know that either. I'm sorry. I just knew it wasn't Jasmine. <laughs>
1: Jasmine. <laughs> but I
0: would like to see um, a heavy set princess wearing um, a mid drip, you know, a short top. No, because who w- wants to see that? Well, no one. But I mean, that what would are show girls fair? that you You'll could see still all
3: kinds of things.
0: I know, but that would show girls that you could still be a princess and not be, because this is more disturbing to me. Look at Barbie, how, you know, that's unrealistic. Slave Leia was a fictional character who was put in the Slave Leia outfit by Jabba the Hutt, and if you're going to tell the story and you're going to sell action figures, you should continue to sell what the, the characters are. That's my opinion. I, I don't have girls. That's a no, different step. Uh,
1: no, no, I don't disagree with you. Because I I don't – you can't go back and change what has already been done. But I think, think,
0: Deborah,
3: you were – earlier you were trying to draw the distinction between merchandise aimed towards children and merchandise aimed toward collectors and and adults.
1: Right. Yeah. Like I said, I have no issue with – I mean I don't really have an issue like for my own, you know, beliefs, whatever. You know, I'm not that strong of a feminist. Um, But as a mother. But I do, you know, I do worry about, you know, what my daughter sees. Now, you know, but I think also, too, you know, I know that Bailey is coming from a good, strong foundation in our household. And I think she's going to get her confidence from more than just what she sees um, on a screen. But there are a lot of girls that don't have that.
0: There's boys that don't oh, have that. I, that's true. My boys think they're fat. I mean, it kills no, me. Yeah. That no, that's, I'm that's fat. That's totally true. It's just the way society is now that, you know, if you are not some hot Kardashian-looking person, then you don't make yeah, I think life. they're
1: disturbing-looking.
0: They look like aliens. They should have been me hanging too. with Jabba. <laughs> <Yo.
3: laughs> All right. So either, either one of you. Okay. Wendy, I'm going to start with you. Let's say, I know you don't have uh, daughters, but do you have a niece?
0: I have a great niece who was just born. So, yes. Great niece. Okay. So, fast
3: forward uh, eight years from now. And you're walking through the toy aisle at Target. And she says, Auntie Wendy,
0: why is this girl in chains? Well, there was this big bad guy in this movie that was uh, doing bad things to her, and she was his slave. And then she turned around and killed him and overcame him and showed how strong she was. Th-
1: Honestly, that's what I'd
0: say. Deb?
1: Yeah, and I think that's fine. Like I said, and I I just, you know, I don't think they need to be making, like, plush Slave Leia. <laughs> I'm worried
0: if they make inflatable. (laughs) Yeah, or inflatable (laughs) layers. That would bother me, Deb. They do, and it's fantastic. They do.
2: (laughs)
3: Oh,
2: God. And on that note. All right. Well,
3: ladies, thank (laughs) you both very, very much. Yes, thank you.
1: Can I go have dinner now?
3: Yeah. Yeah, you can go have dinner now, sweetie.
1: Nice chatting with you, Deb. You too, Wendy.
0: Bye, Deb. Bye, Jamie. I'm out of here. All right. Bye, have fun! Have fun uh, wrapping up this little podcast oh, tonight. This
2: won't be wrapped up for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if they take Slave Leia away from us, then we'll have a lot more to
3: say about it. But it's just a rumor for now. Again, no official announcement from uh, Lucasfilm, Disney. So we may we might just be reacting at nothing. But I think where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, we saw the smoke before, oh,
2: that's and right. uh, yeah, so so that so we're on guard now. Let's just say, right.
3: And don't forget, Jim, if you recall, after the story broke of the dad in Philly, there was that sting operation that the um, that the local affiliate there uh, put up, where they were waiting in the parking lot. Remember yeah. that?
2: Yeah, yeah. And they're right.
3: like, "What would you say to your daughter if she saw this?"
2: Just putting words in people's mouths and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, getting the story they want to get. But, I mean, that's the society we live in. There are, you know, groups whose sole purpose are just to ban things. Let's just, let's just forget the past. Let's just forget tradition. Let's just forget everything that that America has, has worked so hard to establish. And, and let's just throw away all of our traditions. And, uh, you know, w- once it starts hitting Star Wars, then uh, I start making some noise about it.
3: Well, I'm with you. I don't like revisionist history. I don't because I think it's a slippery slope. And I know there are a lot of folks out there that, that that hate that argument of the slippery slope. But there is something to be said for it. It does happen. It does, um, you know, progress. Uh, I'm sure that there was a time when we never could have envisioned this being a conversation. But now it is. And it's not that long ago. It's not that long ago, Jim, that we were waiting in a line or we were on a message board, waiting to get word that that action figure had finally hit the shelves and we run out and get it and it was celebrated they they even did uh it it, it hit mainstream I want to say there was a there was even a sitcom where they mentioned the Princess Leia in the prisoner outfit as being like the hottest toy for Christmas that year uh it was so mainstream it was it, there was there was nothing controversial about it, and now it is um It is it is a source of controversy, but I think a lot of it's just trumped up. I I think it's. um, I I think that there's there's a there's a small vocal minority that assume that everybody agrees with them and they start on a, you know, who's with me? And if they started marching, there'd be like eight people because I don't think there's that much support for something like this, but. Do brands like Disney and stores like Target, do they give more power to these people because they're so afraid of a boycott or offending or what have you? Uh, I think they do. I think they do. I hope that Disney holds firm. I hope that they keep Princess Leia in the gold bikini as part of the iconic imagery of this Saga, this franchise that we love so much. I hope she continues to show up in merchandise. But yes, it's all relative. Do I think that they should make, as you know, to Deb's point, you know, a um, something that's marketed towards little kids uh, with Slave Leia? I don't. I've seen Lego Slave Leia. I mean, you can't even make out what that is. I, I just don't see the harm in this. I really don't. I'm trying very hard to uh, see both sides and be objective. I just don't see the harm. I see
2: more skin on uh, the sitcoms on the Disney Channel a lot of times. And so I I just don't understand uh, where this is coming
3: from. If she was just wearing a regular bikini, would we be even talking about this? Or is it because it looks, you know, Wendy had a great point about it looking uncomfortable. There's a sense of of, uh, bondage about it. And that's exactly
2: what was happening. Let's keep this all within context. <laughs> that's exactly what, what was going on. And I don't know if what we're seeing here w- with the amount of skin that she's showing in that bikini. If, I, I'm telling you, you turn your TV on right now on, on major network television. During the news, and you'll see a commercial where a girl is revealing more skin. So, yeah,
3: yeah. You and know. You know what? You know what's funny too. And I meant to bring this up when we had the ladies on, uh, but as you were as as because I think Wendy and Deb were talking about. Well, Leia's the only one in there, uh, or the only one that's in there are the, are the are Jabba's concubines or whatever. But yeah, there's Ula. In fact, Ula's outfit is perhaps more revealing. Then leia <laughs> ula's wearing nothing but netting over her boobulars and uh she's showing a lot of butt cheek um no one's claiming that uh ula be retired or discontinued not that she's a you know big source of merchandise i grant you but i mean wh- wh- why not
2: it it just it just depends on on what direction they're going in with this if they decide that the slave bikini is maybe a little too much to be putting out there constantly then you know, I could understand them pulling back on it. I really can. It's it's this the revisionist history where they want to go back and take the film and then maybe paint some more clothes on her or something. That would really fire me up, where I wouldn't just be able to sit here and talk behind a microphone. I would take action. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah you know,
3: pitchfork army. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, for sure.
2: absolutely, absolutely. Because let's face it, during the age of Return of the Jedi, outside of seeing... The princess on maybe some posters or in a magazine wearing that, that slave bikini, like I said, you weren't getting the action figures. And as a kid from the 80s, I understood that. I'm like, well, of course, we're not going to be getting a Slave Leia action figure. Why Why would they put that out there? No kid wants to buy that.
3: Well, think about, you know, I was trying to think about some of the merchandise outside of the uh, the action figures with, with Slave Leia. And I, I'm looking at the Lego right now. It's just ridiculous. Uh, But there was one thing I remember that came out, which um, you may recall is a a dartboard. Do you remember that? That beautiful dartboard? Yes. Yes, it was in the the cabinet. In a cabinet, right. The the wooden cabinet had a a Princess Leia on it. Right, because it looks like something you might have in a man cave or in a den or, you know, maybe that's what, you know, that could be hanging up in Jabba's palace or whatever. So it fits within context. And, um, Yeah, this 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 conversation clearly has tentacles that go into all different directions, body image issues, uh, age appropriateness, all of those things from very well intentioned people. But I think if they just exercise a little bit of judgment in the in the marketing department uh, and licensing, they can determine what is the appropriate use of this character and this look of this character and what's an inappropriate use. And I think that that is fair to expect.
2: Marketing an action figure of a female character as a slave might not be the smartest move to make, and I, I feel like s- the fans named it in a way. Yeah, it, it, it does. It does reek of that, and it does seem to come from Hasbro. As I as I've been researching this as we've been speaking, I still can't pinpoint the actual time when it was uh, first put out there but uh you're right it's it's probably an action figure poll of some sort where it was the fans who said that was the action figure they wanted and when that action figure came out it was a big deal i remember toy fair magazine named it action figure of the year when i brought the action figure home <laughs> i said wendy i want you to be here for this <laughs> and, and i re- i removed her from the uh the card and uh, I said, I said, well, there it is. I said, wait, stay for one second. And I took a little peek under the skirt just to see. You know. no, no, wait. <laughs> well, but oh, I, I didn't want to okay. do that. I didn't, well, didn't want to. <laughs> see, this is going back to Deb's thing about comic book guys being creepy. <laughs> but I didn't want to do that by myself. I thought that would be creepy having my wife there when I did. That would be okay. Okay. I so think you know I what, may have. That I, That comment right there may have
3: just put more fuel into the fire. Well, well I, I think I might have. Taken a step closer in uh, this whole question about calling it Slave Leia. Uh, you're absolutely right. It looks like the original. This is back when Kenner. You know, Actually, we're, we're mistaken. I mean, the, Kenner was still putting out Star Wars action figures at the time of the first Leia as Jabba's prisoner. This is prior to the acquisition by Hasbro. So there was still the Kenner logo. And it was Princess Leia as Java's prisoner. In terms of the action figure, it does not look like we saw slave in the name until the vintage Return of the Jedi carded figure where you had Princess Leia parentheses slave outfit, which was very much in character because since these were vintage cards You had these short sort of clipped descriptions of the figures, Bespin fatigues, uh, Hoth outfit as these vintage characters were uh, identified with the different costume pieces. So I think this might be the first instance of it appearing as part of a a licensed product. Princess Leia, parentheses, slave outfit. Mm -hmm. Up to that point, it was as Jabba's prisoner.
2: Right, right. And so they may have been shooting themselves in the foot and then also merchandising the character wearing a chain around her neck. I don't know how necessary that is. Well, you know, they they all need accessories. Yeah, true. But, I mean, you know, (laughs) I don't know if that's really... However, she did use that tool of oppression to free herself from bondage and put an end to her evil oppressor's existence in the galaxy. So that chain was more than just a chain tying her down.
3: Yeah, well, I'm not a betting man, but I'll tell you what, if you're out there and you are at the conventions and you start seeing Slave Leia or Princess Leia as Jabba's prisoner merchandise out there, and you're interested in it, get it now, because I think the prices on this stuff's going to go up. I think even if it's, even if it's artificial, based on just the threat of this, But um, with the way things are going, this does not surprise me. As I mentioned before, I talked about it a couple months ago. I made the prediction. I'm not surprised, and I don't think we've heard the end of it. But we'll keep you posted and updated here, and we might have to bring back our lady (laughs) correspondents. God help us. (laughs) Do you still have that bikini?
0: I never had that bikini.
2: Who's got the bikini? George, and he wears it all the time and he just won't let anybody else have it that bikini i'm blind in my left eye that's because of you you?
1: (laughs) it didn't move so boba fett if i laid down could see all the way to florida
2: oh my goodness me
1: that was nice for him i
2: love florida (gasps)
3: Justin Lee Collins oh, from Bring Back Star Wars. Oh, that brings back great memories. All right. Well, certainly not the final word on this story, but uh, a few of them. Big thanks to our sponsors this week. Little Debbie Snack Cakes, the top Star Wars card trader app, and Dorkside Toys. Oh, we'd love to hear from you. Email address, show at rebelforceradio.com or the voicemail line, 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. You can follow us on Twitter, at Rebel Force Radio at Jimmy JimmyMacRadio. I'm at Jason Swank. Facebook page is available. Just search for Rebel Force Radio. Now, two words, Rebel and Force. The official website, rebelforceradio.com. New one coming soon. I mean, really soon. More on that keep it tuned right here itunes great place to review and subscribe to rebel force radio we love to have those reviews we just have one rule please make it good plus you can find and stream w um, <laughs> rebel force radio at wgnplus.com the stitcher app and just about anywhere that you can find podcasts and if you can't find us add us Uh, You can also find us uh, over at uh, jedinews.co.uk, yodasnews.com, sandtroopers.com, and the official Star Wars website, starwars.com, and also streaming on srsounds.com, Saturday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern. Woo! That'll do it! That's it. Until next week, (laughs) we'll see you next time. Love you all so much. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mann. And remember,
0: the Force will be with you
1: always.